Welcome to episode 74 of Tim Talk, the podcast about the DC anime universe co-created by Bruce Tim. I'm Chris Lord. I'm Cameron Dexter. And uh, two pretty damn solid episodes yeah. this week. I mean, it's hard to come up to the level of Over the Edge, which right. is one of the all-time greats. But I thought both of these were really The Roxy fun. episode blew me away. Yeah. It, it definitely is like top 10 Batman episodes. Cause, okay, so you'd seen either one of these before? No. Okay, yeah. So there, there's another Legion of Superheroes episode. Well, there's one in JLU. Is there? Okay. Yeah, because it's uh, yes. Okay. GL and Supergirl, and I think some other people would get teleported mm-hmm. into the future. But there's there's another one, and I don't. Someone will someone will correct me on this. Maybe you. Hopefully you. Probably. Um, there's an an episode where Superman meets the Legion, um, and as they fly off. He like has his brain wiped like he does in this episode, and he opens his hand and it's the ring. It's the the Legion ring. And I have no idea what it's from. I think are you think of Smallville? No, because I feel like it's animated. Because so it might be Smallville. Okay, because so the, I might just like have it drawn in my head. Because the the first episode that we're talking about today is the New Kids in Town, which is mm-hmm. the introduction to Legion of Superheroes. But this story is basically a direct adaptation of the first comic that introduced the Legion of Superhero. It's old Superboy comic. Okay. And so this story of like the three of them coming back from the past to like train with or recruit Superboy has been done here. Uh, it was done in Smallville, almost like the exact same structure more or less. And then there was actually even another cartoon series on yes, after, Superman and the Legion of Heroes. Yeah. Yes. It came on after this. So, yes, because that was on... But I mean, uh, channel 177. What, what was that channel? I mean, the, it was like the, the kids WB. It, yeah. Okay. It was, it was Cartoon Network. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, but I mean, you could be thinking of, um, that. Wonder, was it a Brave and the Bold or a, no, it, it might've been, I might've just like been flipping through channels and it, I might've like caught the end of a superman and the legion of heroes episode okay and for some reason that just stuck with me yeah i mean cause i watched a bit of that um when it was on because it was on around the same time as the batman like that was part of the yeah. the, the wave of dc shows after the dcau mm-hmm. yeah i remember it, i remember it being i was a little bit too old for for it being a little bit too kiddish and so i kind of enjoyed it but i didn't really love it and i stepped away from it but i don't know i don't know if it's any good or not i don't remember I couldn't tell you. Yeah. There were a lot of weird shows around that time because he had those two and then um, you had the two failed um, Marvel anime. You had the Wolverine and Iron Man anime. Oh, yeah. And I never watched those. to compensate for that, they had the American ones, which was Wolverine and the X-Men. And then... Was that any good? Did you ever watch that? I watched a few episodes and it was fine. Yeah, I feel like... It was, it was kind of like my lull in in animation. Yeah. Where I didn't like really anything that was coming out. <laughs> well, that's that's kind of another one too where, you know, for both of us, X-Men Evolution holds up as like probably my favorite iteration of, uh, me too, of the X-Men. And so anything coming out after that was never going to be up to snuff. I mean, mm-hmm. the same way that even like the Batman, as much as I enjoy the first few seasons, nowhere near as good as the DCAU. Right. What can you do? What can you do? I know. Just, you, you just, can, just you can just start complain. a podcast and complain about it. That's what you can do. <laughs> I mean, that's the only reason we do this. Is right. just so we can have our and we, we had to We had to set ourselves up. So we didn't bring this up until 74 episodes in. But this <laughs> has really true. been the whole purpose of this podcast. Yeah, I just really want to talk about how much I hated Legion of Superheroes. <laughs> yes. And we're finally there. Oh, God. We can stop now. We can. Oh, thank oh, God. Thank God. No more of these late night <laughs> records. Fuck. 
All right, but the convenient thing is because we're recording this so late, we're recording the Monday night before release. I'm looking forward to the edit in a couple hours. <laughs> uh, we actually can we talk are about up like, to date like, on news. news. So okay, so we'll start with slightly delayed news topic, but a huge one that is we have to talk about that Avengers got pushed up a week. Yes, that is huge. Mm-hmm. I mean, so from your perspective, why do you think they would have done something like that? Uh, I think I mentioned this this to you off air, but my hopeful we don't talk off air. We don't. No, <laughs> I have all. a text. I have a text conversation going on with myself, but in my phone, I have myself under Chris Lord, just so it seems like yeah, I have someone to talk well, yeah, to. Yeah, because when I call you, it just comes up with that fucking asshole. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it comes up as anonymous caller. <laughs> um, my my hopeful idea for the reason they pushed it up is. Um, they the executives finally got the final cut of Solo, mm-hmm. and Disney's been very vocal about how they are not excited for this movie. Yeah. It's a very mean thing for a studio to do for a movie that's still in production. Yeah, because like even Warner Brothers doesn't do that with DC films when they, they know they're going to be <laughs> when they know they're going to be terrible. <laughs> when the executives are already counting their money, yeah, um, out the door. <laughs> yeah, um, but what I hope is the Solo movie is better than they expected Mm -hmm. so much so that they think it'll actually make money and not have to live in infinity war shadow so it's easier for them to move the movie up than to move solo back because usually pushbacks are already or immediately given negative Mm -hmm. connotations yeah i'm i'm still hoping that's an aspect of this Mm -hmm. i I mean because look the trailer for solo isn't great necessarily mm-hmm. um but my expectations are kind of low i just want it to be a fun ride yeah which it looks like it could be right and you know I, I i do hope that's part of the reason they're doing this i mean i think part of the other reason too is that um now it's getting what's referred to as like a uh, day and date or day and day release so it's getting released across the world the same day because okay. they're probably a little bit worried too about spoilers oh yeah coming out which so it's interesting you wonder how long this was in the pipeline because, I mean, obviously they pick release dates years in advance, but they mm-hmm. had to have thought a little, like, kind of a little bit ways on the line of, like, we don't want to create a situation where um, the movie comes out a week before the largest market. Because the largest market is still the U.S. Yeah. And the potential for so many things to get out. Because this is a movie that you you have to see in theaters. Cause Immediately. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think for me, since... Episode seven, this is like the next movie. I'm like, I have to see it in theaters immediately because I don't want anything ruined for me. More right. so even than The Last Jedi. Yeah. Well, I, I think, uh, so one of the things I was going to bring up was Black Panther is now the second highest grossing Marvel film of all time. I think behind The Avengers, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just barely. Not Sorry, not just barely. In domestic, just barely. Yeah, that's right. Um, but it is the 10th highest grossing domestic film of all time. Yeah. Which is awesome. It's amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. But, yeah, wrapping that into Infinity War, uh, I think Infinity War might topple the Star Wars Empire. Oh. I think it might be. I know Ultron didn't do great, and Civil War also didn't do great. Yeah. But this is, like like you said, this is the the one that everyone has to see in theaters. It's the finale. Yeah. And when you talk about release dates, like, we've had Phase 2 and 3 planned I, I remember being at comic-con when they announced phase three oh, back man. in like 2012 yeah it was yeah it was a long time ago this has been this this is this date has been marked down for at least five years yeah publicly oh, oh. So it's excited. it's gonna be an event 
Yeah, no, I mean, I'm when when tickets go on sale? Fuck. I don't know. I, I've been checking. Okay, Not yeah, yet. we got to get, what, what are you thinking? El Capitan or Chinese Theater? Uh, I don't know. I'll see which, which one has better perks. Okay. <laughs> so, I know you'll take care of this. I don't have to worry about this. It'll be yeah, perfect. I'll get, the, I'll get these. Um, yeah, uh, which of course means our, our crossover will be coming out a week early. Yes. Yeah, Trevor sent out a message. He mm-hmm. like lit the, let's say bat signal. Light the beacons. Yeah. The, the, not the gun, not the contour beacons i don't remember it's i'm not going to try and get a lord of the rings reference in yeah no don't try we're not facilities oh. <laughs> um yeah so i mean i'm super excited for this i think it just shows their confidence in the movie i think part of it probably too is that because black panther's been so successful they're like well let's kind of ride the wave of that going mm-hmm. on i mean it's still it was number one it's third weekend yeah it, by a long shot too like yeah. number two and three were black sparrow or red sparrow and um death wish oh that's right and together they didn't make 25 million dollars yeah well no i mean because this it's this movie's like unstoppable i mean yeah. I've, I've seen it twice i think you've seen it i've seen it three times okay yeah i i i, I might go back again and see that third time I'm right now i'm listening to the um the empire magazine their spoiler special mm-hmm. podcast so right now i'm in the middle of an interview with ryan coogler it's like the more okay. he talks about it the more like fuck i gotta go see this movie again. yeah i've just been like binging anything um chadwick Oh, Jack Bozeman. Bozeman, thank you. <sighs> so cool. Like any any video that he's been in in the past, you know, seventy two hours. Yeah. Or in the past week, I guess. Yeah. Which like it's they're all so entertaining. Oh, I know. Um did you do you watch Feast of Fiction? What is that? It's a uh, sorry, that's the wow, that is the completely wrong <laughs> YouTube channel. <laughs> first we feast. What is that? Uh first we feast is a great <laughs> um uh like uh celebrity interview setup where it's um, a host uh, has a guest on, and they eat increasingly spicy wings. Oh, okay. I know. I know of that. Yeah. Okay. The Michael B. Jordan one. Yeah, yeah. No, I, that's I, what I was getting It's to. been up on my computer it's, for like a week. So and I haven't good. sat down and watched it yet because anytime I see a video, it's like fifteen minutes. I'm like, oh, okay. I gotta like mm-hmm. set aside time for this. Yeah. And what what's made me very excited is uh, learning that Michael B. Jordan is a huge anime nerd. Yeah, apparently he and is. That's so great to hear. That's so awesome, man. He's just so fucking cool. I know. Uh, um, but no, I mean, I, I mean, I'm crazy, crazy excited for Infinity War. Even more so now that we're getting it a week earlier. Yeah, and you know, and I mean that that. So we get what? We get Ready Player One end of March. Yes. Oh, and I just read too that I guess they they bumped yes. Rampage up a week. They, oh, they give thank it some, God! To give it some distance from <laughs> Infinity, War. Infinity War, they wanted like two weeks before Infinity War came oh, out. Oh, I would love if that was the reason they pushed it up, was just to like, sm- like smash Rampage sm- into the ground. Oh, God, it's like yeah. no more video game movies. It looks so, it looks so dumb. But yeah, so a, a long, a string of really good stuff coming out and just starting a few weeks. Pretty excited about that. Um, okay, two did other. Did I tell you my hopeful, my hopes for Rampage, and then, then we'll get back on, to- on topic. What 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 is on topic for us, honestly? <laughs> but what, what's your hope for Rampage? Uh, the only thing that'll make me excited for that movie is they they tease in the trailer that the reason the animals get so big is like a meteorite falls, yeah, and it's the radiation. I assume mm-hmm. what I want the finale to be, or the climax of the movie to be, is the rock goes to the meteorite and absorbs the radiation. <laughs> And the the three monsters are like beating on the buildings, and there's like a camera pan, and it's a fifty foot rock. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, and he like bare hand, like like bare knuckle brawls the the alligator, the wolf, and the gorilla. D- don't put it past the filmmakers. I want that so badly. <laughs> if, like, are you gonna go see it just that possibility, or are you gonna wait to hear that it happens and then go see it? I mean, if if. 
I mean, I have my movie pass. This so is true. it just depends on what's going on that week. <laughs> how busy you are. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, how I, much do I want to hate myself at the yeah, end of the week? No, I, don't, I have enough. I don't, I don't need any help hating myself. <laughs> I can just do that on my own without seeing that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you see the Mary Poppins Returns teaser? Oh, of course I did. I, it looked really good. It looks so good. Yeah. yeah. I'm so excited. I, I, I mean, their recreation of... What's that... Str- um, oh, what's the street called? It's a good question for someone who knows Disney. I mean, I also... <laughs> I love that movie. I watched it like once a year. I can't believe I'm blanking on... I haven't on. watched it in a couple of years. Ah. Uh, uh, Bleacher Street. Something Terrace... Uh, evergreen terrace i don't know okay but th- i mean no, their, their recreation of that whole street it just it looks it looks gorgeous mm-hmm. and i love emily blunt me too i'm super it's got a little like uh miss Maisel vibe okay yeah I see a little bit i it, loved that yeah i mean plus uh ben wishaw he's he's the, the new dad. version of michael okay he's q got it yes yeah. yes yes okay there we go yeah Char- oh he's also paddington oh that's right so goddamn charming uh, uh no super excited for that did you see there was a little bit of news about uh, the green lantern core no so not huge huge news all we got was that i guess they're interested in possibly having uh christopher mcquarrie direct it okay so he's the writer of the usual suspects okay great film yes uh and then he has directed the last two mission impossible movies so five and then six coming out soon okay he also directed the um first jack reacher did you ever see it I think so. Okay, so there was one with Tom Cruise, and there was one with Chris Pine. Okay, so... Which one was... <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> which so, one was so which? Jack Reacher was Tom Cruise. Okay. And that's based off of the Jack Reacher book series by Lee Child. Got it. Chris Pine was in the new version of Jack Ryan. That's... <laughs> who's the Tom Clancy character, who was also played by uh, Alec Baldwin in on for October and by Harrison Ford in Patriot games and clear and present <laughs> danger. Also played by Ben Affleck and some of all fears soon to be played by John Karazinski or John, John Karazinski. No, I have a friend named Johnny yes. Karazinski and I get the two of them confused all the time. John Krasinski in the Amazon Jack Ryan show. Got it. So that's a long answer to the question. So no, I've seen the Jack Ryan one. <laughs> okay. Jack Reacher. <laughs> Actually, pretty damn solid. Okay. Um, some really good moments. And I, I think he's a really talented director. I'd be interested to see him take on something like Green Lantern. But we got a brief plot synopsis, which just confirms that it's going to be an older Hal Jordan teaching a younger Jon Stewart. Okay. Which I'm down for. Yeah, yeah, I'm totally down for that. I was, I was hoping for a Kyle Rayner, but I'll, I'll take a, I'll take I mean, a Jon get, Stewart. Give, give it a couple more movies. You might get a Kyle Rayner. We might get Guy Gardner. Oh, that's what I want. Yeah. I want that spicy redhead yeah. that everyone hates. <laughs> we might get an Alan Scott. Ooh. Yeah. Pre-crisis, post-crisis. Uh, ooh, good question. I mean, I guess... <laughs> Do you want him gay or not gay? Well, obviously I want him gay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how ironic... Everything, <laughs> everything needs to be more gay. How, is, so. how ironic is it that the, the first gay Green Lantern's weakness is wood? That was the dumbest... The, oh, my God. The dumbest... <laughs> The dumbest fucking thing. I just. I, I mean, know. the Green Lantern weaknesses have always been dumb. Because there's the... Been. One of the best Batman comics is when him and robin paint the whole bat cave yellow oh so yeah Green Lantern can't do anything can't do there. anything yeah. yeah that was uh all-star batman and robin from the increasingly deranged frank miller <laughs> but yeah no like that's it was the ugh, more gay superheroes but don't make their weakness wood just, oh fuck i don't uh, get into it I had, I had two quick things okay. uh to to breeze through um did you see what wonderful movie swept the razzies last night Excuse the Oscars. I want to. It must have been the Emoji movie. It was. 
won four Razzies. Wow. Yeah. Congratulations. It's a very exciting moment. Um, there was a great video of, of The Rock accepting his Razzie for Baywatch. Oh, he did? Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, and he, was, he, was very, he was very sweet about it, and it was yeah. very funny. Um, it's kind of like when Sandra Bullock did that for uh, All About Steve. Oh, did she? Good. She said not only so. She, not only did she come there and actually accept the award. Oh, that's amazing. It, okay, so if I recall, this is the same year that she won the Oscar for The Blind Side. I think it's Blind Side, right? So, but okay. she shows up to the Razzies, and not only did she accept the award, but she gave everyone in the audience a free copy of All About Steve. <laughs> that's amazing. That's so good. Uh, uh, the last piece of news uh, that we're probably going to talk about for longer than we should. Yeah. Uh, we didn't talk about Wreck-It Ralph last week. Did no, we? we didn't. Yeah, the new trailer. Okay. Yeah. And it looks great. It does. Mm-hmm. I, I wish they would have given us a little more because there's... Mm, can I talk? I can talk about it. It's yeah. fine. Uh, there's a there's a new character that's supposed to be introduced. Okay. Um, whose name I don't remember. Is the because, character gay? Uh, un, unable to tell. I don't care. <laughs> You've um, lost me. <laughs> I'm not going to look her up. It's not important. Okay. Um, but I kind of wish they showed her. And she's like the, like the internet tour guide for, for Ralph and oh, Penelope. Oh, okay. Um, she looks awesome. She's not in the trailer. Uh, I saw an extended clip from D23 last year. Oh, okay. Where they talked about her. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm super excited. No, I am too. I, I really liked the first one. I didn't see it in theaters. Um, but I still, I, re- I really enjoyed it. It's mm-hmm. It's just fun. It's got a lot of heart. I think this one, it looks very clever. Yeah. With him being on the internet. Um, uh, yeah, the clip that I saw at, at uh, D23 was very meta, where uh, Ralph and Vanellope go to the website, Disney, ohmydisney.com, mm-hmm. and so they meet all of the Disney celebrities. I'm doing air quotes. Yeah. Um, and Vanellope sneaks into the dressing room of all of the princesses. I've heard about this and clip. And it's so amazing. Yeah. I, I, I'm so excited to see it again. I was hoping there'd be a tease of that in the Me trailer. Too. And there wasn't any of it. So I guess it'll just be a fun surprise, like see the scene plays out Yeah, when the movie comes out. But yeah, but I've heard about that. I'm so excited for that moment. Because <laughs> I, I, all I want to do is just watch that scene again. Right. It's so good. Wait, that's end of the year, right? That's November. November, yeah. okay. Uh, I, I did minimal research, and I found out all Disney movies come out either the third week of June, which we get Incredibles, or the second week of November. Really? Week. Yeah. Isn't no that shit. crazy? I was looking up like... Uh, Wait, Disney animated movies? Yes. Okay, yeah, because they um, had so many other ones this year. Yeah. I was looking up, um, trying to find like anniversaries, uh, and I noticed like every movie came out around like... It was always like June 23rd oh, or wait, June. So like, have we had a year where three came out? Cause we had a couple years. We had a one year with yeah. two Pixar's and one year with two Disney animation, but those were different years, right? Um, yeah, I'm sure there's, there's been a time we've wait, had three. Well, okay, cause wait, um, did Moana come out the same year as Moana was November and Zootopia was June. But what year did finding Dory and 2017, the good dinosaur, 2015. What? Uh, whatever. For some, reason, <laughs> for some reason, I thought there was maybe three one year. No, Good Dinosaur was November because I worked on that campaign. Yeah. It was November 2015. Um, and then 2016 was... Was no Pixar. No Pixar, but Zootopia and Moana? Yes. That's, oh, Moana was last year. It was right? two years ago. Two years ago because they did the Oscars with it. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then okay. 2017 was Cars, uh, Cars 3 and... Finding Dory. Finding Dory. Cool. Yes. Got it. 
Boom. Mm. Solve that mystery. Oh, then no, because then that one was wrong because they were both summer movies. The fuck? I don't know. I don't know. You I should give up. know. I should. I'm sorry. Okay. I apologize. Should we, Let's start the episode. I'll say, should we talk Oscars, though? Because it just happened. Oh, yeah. We, 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 we can speed through Oscars. Yeah. So, I mean, the big one it's is... Like, we don't have a time restraint. This no, is our own fucking podcast. It's, it's our, yeah. Why am I trying to rush this? People like this part the best anyway. That's true. This is the part they don't skip. <laughs> so you should really embellish it. Mom. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she's not the only one. <laughs> so, Chris's mom. Yeah. Oh, my mom doesn't listen. <laughs> I know this for a fact. She doesn't know how to download podcasts. It's all right. Uh, but I mean, I guess the big one, how do you feel about The Shape of Water winning Best Picture? Um, I am excited for it. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's an interesting choice. Very interesting choice. Because mm-hmm. uh, uh, were you, uh, what was your prediction? Um, I would have put my money on three billboards because mm-hmm. it, it had been doing, it had had a lot of Oscar momentum. Or it had a lot of momentum in the award season going in. I feel like for me, the dark horse could have possibly been Lady Bird. That was my, that was my hope yeah. was Lady Bird. Um, I knew Call Me By Your Name wasn't going to win because the gays won last year. Right. So... <laughs> Um, yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, I really like The Shape of Water. Um, I think Get Out, Three Billboards, Come By Your Name. I, I probably even like The Post better, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's a weird choice. There's, there's, a, um, there's a great YouTube series, because, um, you know, that's all I do in my, spe- in my spare time. This is absolutely true. Um, it's the, the honest trailers. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm I can't sure watch I'm saying them. A few they, of them. They, they made me too mad. Uh, they, they do one for the Oscars every year okay. where it's just all of the Oscar nominated movies. Yeah. And the, and like the snippet they did for the post was just calling it Oscar, no- Oscar nominated movie, the post. Yeah. It's like the name of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Cause that's all it was. No, it was. I mean, that's, it's, it, yeah, it had that feel to it. I just, I, I quite liked it, but mm-hmm. I, don't, I mean, the shape of water is an interesting one. Yeah. It's because it's it's so rare for something that's um, kind of sci-fi, kind of fantasy like that to win. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, but I liked it. I mean, yeah, I would have said I would have rather had um, Lady Bird. Yeah. Um, but did you hear about the the weird drama? Not drama. The weird thing with Emma Stone. Backlash. That's what I'm looking for. No. So I'm, I didn't watch any of the ceremony this year. Sadly. Okay. Uh, I, I just briefly read about it this morning. Um she kind of made the same comment that um, Natalie Portman, right? Natalie Portman made it at the Golden Globes. Oh, um, yeah. The now here, the men nominated for best director. Yeah. Um, she said the same comment of here, are the men and Greta Gerwig. That's that her name? Yeah, Greta Gerwig. Yeah. Okay, cool. I got it right. Yeah. Um, for, the, like, for the exact same category, she said the same thing. Yeah. Um, and people were a little more harsh with her and i think it's because when it was kira not kira Knightley, <laughs> not apartman not apartman doing it it was you know it was um it was four white guys yeah um but when emma stone did it it was greta gerwig you had um jordan, jordan peele, peele guillermo del toro yeah and then the other three um oh yeah paul thomas anderson and, and nolan and spielberg no oh he was there's only five. Oh, yeah wow he's got enough that's true. Yeah. Meryl Shoup's he, still nominated. He just, he just like pooped out the post while doing post-production on <laughs> right. Ready Player One. But even then, like the movies he just poops out are better than most people's movies. Yeah. So it's, it's amazing. No, he's incredible. But I, yeah, I can see that maybe not working quite as well. Yeah. 
this time around because um, I admittedly I did not see Lady Bird, but I heard really good things oh, really? about it. It's good. I know, I, I, it it was one of those that I kept meaning to go see, and by the time and I was like, okay, I can finally have time to go watch it. It had just left the theater. Oh, okay. I'm sure it'll come back again. Yeah, and maybe not. No, well, I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure it'll come it's, out it's on digital soon. Now at this yeah. point, yeah. Oh yeah. Um, um, all right, real quick highlights though. Uh, Get Out, best screenplay. Yes, that was amazing. Right on. Mm-hmm. My only disappointment in that is that it meant that it didn't go to the Big Sick. Me too. If, I know. And it, only because I'm not going to say I, I think maybe I did prefer the Big Sick a little bit more just because I, I gravitate towards dramedies, but just because it was Camille and Emily. Yeah, I, I wanted them. It to was win. really like uh, I watched the clip of that and like it was they kept jumping between. Uh, uh, Jordan and Kumel, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I just want them both to have it. I know, and just let them go. It's like do a bit together or something yeah. like that. Just I don't know something like that. Uh, personal, most excited though. Roger Deakins finally won mm-hmm. Best Cinematography for Blade Runner, which is a gorgeous, yeah, gorgeous oh, fucking yeah, movie. Like, he went above and beyond. Like he went into that movie like I'm winning the fucking award yeah. this year. Yeah. Well, it um it helps too that Chiva Lubeski didn't have a movie cuz like every year where I feel like Deacons should have won Chiva cuz Chiva won 3 years in a row. Okay. And just cuz he cuz he did um it was Gravity. Revenant. Yeah, it was Gravity, uh Birdman and then The Revenant. Okay. And I just I'm just sad because Deacons lost out when he made Skyfall and I Skyfall is so gorgeous. Just mm-hmm. so... Oh, the jellyfish fight. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to get into it. It's just so good. <laughs> Don't get in. Hold it. Hold it in. Okay. I think I think that's pretty much the ones I really want to talk about. Everything else all kind of like makes sense. Oh, Coco won best song. Oh, yeah. Best song and best animated. Right. Obviously. Yeah. Right on. As it should. Coco. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Beautiful movie. Um, yeah. That basically does it. My office did the promotion for, for um, Boss Baby. And so when I signed on this morning, everyone was like fake, like throwing chairs. Oh, it's like, God. how dare they... Snub the best animated film of all time. Uh, the Oscar-nominated <laughs> film, Boss, Boss Baby. Baby. And on that depressing note, let us finally get to our topic on hand. Yeah, so if you guys want to start fast-forwarding now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Skip uh, now. We'll, go straight we'll be to back, back in about 40 minutes. Yeah. Um, all right, so we start out with New Kids in Town, introduction of the Legion of Superheroes. I pretty much love everything about this episode. Oh, yeah. This was Smallville before Smallville. Yeah. And it was amazing. Yeah, it, it, it is the pre-Smallville Smallville. So, okay, so, I mean, the general plot line, we already talked about it. The three members of the Legion of Superheroes go back in time to stop Brainiac uh, from... Chameleon King. Boy, Cosmic, Cosmic Boy, Boy, and Saturn, Saturn Girl. Girl. Yeah. Great they're, names. They're trying Great to names, stop guys. Brainiac from killing Clark in the past, a la Terminator, mm-hmm. which I thought was a lot of fun because they even had the, the the reference to Terminator with him. We see, like, Brainiac Vision. Oh, yeah. Which is reminiscent of Terminator Vision where, like, it highlights people and it has that old kind of, like, analog style. Mm-hmm. Um, and even, like, the scene where he goes into the diner feels reminiscent of, like, the Terminator walking in. And he doesn't say, give me your gun, your boots, and your motorcycle. He's also not naked. Uh, but it's basically the same yeah. scene. Um, but then we have a Star Wars reference in there. We do. Which we is so do. bizarre. It's, it is really bizarre, actually. But, okay, so right from the beginning, what? how do you feel about their version of time travel? Um... It's it's uh it's fine. Yeah, it, um, it gets the job done, right? Yeah, I I wish there would have been more consequences, like immediate consequences. Okay. Of like, oh, Brainiac has already messed something up. We need to go back and fix it. Okay. Um, like get those you, stakes high right away. Yeah, I mean, just like normal time travel stuff. Because time travel is always really weird. Yeah. Um, and there's like the multiple ideas of time travel of like. You're going back in time because you're you're destined to do that already. Mm-hmm. Slash creating an alternate reality, a la Back to the Future Two. Yeah, it's basically like, is time a circle or is time branching? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are we? Do you see it as the fourth dimension or fifth dimension? 
What would the fourth bum, dimension? Bum, bum, bum. Why, why would be the fifth dimension? Because fifth is branching. How's fifth branching? Oh, because it becomes an alternate universe? Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. I mean, the fourth... It doesn't have to be circular for it to be a fourth dimension, though, does it? And it has, uh, it's more like linear. Yeah, I linear, guess. yeah. I mean, I guess it's for four. me, I read The Time Machine when I was young. And so, like, for me, that I always was impressed by how well H.G. Wells described the concept of the fourth dimension. Okay. So it's always just stuck with me. Mm-hmm. So he's a good writer, that guy. He, he knows what he's doing sometimes. He knows what that's. Yeah, it, it, it got the job done, right? It was basically, yeah. like, here's, here's the loose premise we're going to use to set up just the whole concept. Mm-hmm. And I, I I like what they're able to do with it. I feel like they're very they're pretty efficient in this episode actually too. Like a lot happens. Yeah, and they do they do bring up the one thing that that a lot of time travel movies kind of write off. It's the there's no going back. Oh yeah, there's like well like there's no way for me to bring you back. Yeah, whatever. We're yeah, we'll figure go. it out. Yeah, we'll figure, figure it out. out. Yeah, there'll be a button later on. Mm-hmm. They'll just send us right well, back. Because I think um, Futurama does it best, where Bender. Uh, Bender's big get- no not that oh, one. Bender's big score yeah oh yeah where he has to just live through time mm-hmm. every he, time he buries himself where um, the Planet Express will be built in the future and yeah. then he just comes up from he the- comes out of the cellar every yeah. time he does one one zero zero one one zero zero yeah mm-hmm. that was so good so good but you know I like it because when the the Legion arrives they come across like an angry gun toting farmer and I thought that was a really efficient way to just even establish all their powers like Saturn Girl's got telepathy, Cosmic Boy has magnetic fields and Chameleon Boy can just shape shift. Yeah, they kind of hit hit all the beats real fast. They set mm-hmm. up that uh, Saturn Girl's ability to like wipe memories. I was also surprised it was Smallville because I didn't realize it was going they were going to the past Clark. Oh yeah. I assumed oh, it was you assumed card. it was yeah. going. To, okay, yeah. And so when it when it was like high school, I'm like, <gasps> it's Smallville. It's you know what I liked about this was we got to see Clark be flawed. Yes. Because we talked about this a little bit that one of the big problems with Superman is he he is kind of flawless sometimes in his own episodes. He really makes mistakes. He just like does dumb things like getting electrocuted and stuff. Right. Whereas here we get to see him be arrogant yeah and mess things up and not be not really be in control of his powers because even smallville they were they they made him very passive yeah um and like he wouldn't do anything i think there was one episode where he tried to join the football team oh and he yeah got angry and he dislocated a kid's shoulder, shoulder yeah uh um, so he just sits around in a corner waiting for someone to yell save me yeah someone to save uh, and then jason marson shows up <laughs> um but yeah, it was really cool. Cause so so they're at a dance, a high school dance, as as all high schools have. Yeah. Um, and the the target jock, voiced by Robin. Yeah, it is Robin. Teen uh, Titans, Robin. Mm-hmm. Uh, comes in. He's like, "We got beef. Let's play basketball." Because <laughs> um, you know, nineties. Yeah, the eighties actually. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Clark kind of like is doing it to show off, and also just kind of beat this kid down yeah just be a bit of a dick yeah and that was it was very bizarre to see and it was kind of yeah. nice to see well like, it was Clark, nice like, reel it back a little it was, bit it was nice to see him have an ego mm-hmm. so what that's a problem is by the time he's superman he he doesn't have that quite as much yeah and he just he's just kind of always perfect all the time so it's fun it, to see him here it's also i just realized um spider-man stole this scene amazing spider-man stole, stole that scene because there's the scene in amazing spider-man where he plays basketball against Oh, Flash Thompson. Flash, yeah. yeah. And it's almost the exact same thing, where he like, quickly grabs it. 
oh he, yeah like, and like, he him. holds on with like mm-hmm. like the little finger yeah claw things what, what, what do you call those his little uh, web uh, little sticky hand sure yep. hand hand claws mm-hmm. hand talons uh, spider finger sticky sticky St- fingers sticky fingers <laughs> sticky <laughs> sticky mcgee sticky bandits yes sticky beard yeah i forgot yeah, i guess they do oh sticky beard yeah i guess they do <laughs> they do basically just yeah do they, i forgot they did that exact same thing. i know me too yeah. i just remember that um, but it, it it does work well to sh- get to see a different side of him and i think mm-hmm. kind of the, one of the fun things too is then later on we get the payoff of him like getting to actually unload a little bit yeah so i mean this is almost like a, a mini precursor to like that great climactic scene for the final like, episode but, of jlu where mm-hmm. yeah the paper town oh, so you're talking about it's a little bit of that where like here he doesn't know how to control his powers what he can and cannot do and he finally comes to grips someone who he can just wail the shit out of yeah and even like his parents are surprised yeah. also parental love is having two shotguns Oh, like, that is probably my... <laughs> that was such a precious moment. My, my single favorite moment because th- there's this... the What I do love about it is that we do get to kind of like jump between genres a little bit, right? So it's like starts out kind of like sci-fi in the beginning and then we get a little bit of Terminator when it's... We get like the high school drama stuff, Terminator. And yeah. then when he finally tracks down Clark to his house, it's almost touches on like horror movie territory a little bit. Oh, absolutely. Like the power's cut and Clark's sneaking around trying to take out like Brainiac's robots. You're right. There's that that great moment where Clark goes up to go fight Brainiac, and Jonathan's like, "I can't stay here by myself. I'm going to go." It's like, "Like, wait, Jonathan, you can't. You need something better than a shovel." Mm-hmm. So of course goes outside, and he just unloads a shotgun straight into Brainiac's face. Brainiac turns to attack. Another shotgun blast from Martha, just continuing to be the MVP of the episode. Yeah, such a badass. Oh my god. Yeah. I it, it was fun to get to spend some time with like younger mom pa mm-hmm. Kent and also too. with Lana because yeah, Lana's I, always I been my, like I love Lois but Lana has always had my heart. Well, in this show we've talked about before, Lois doesn't get to have a lot of personality, but mm-hmm. they do let Lana have a lot more fun. Yeah, because she because she knows. Yeah, she knows. She because Lois also kind of tweaks at Clark, but because she's not in the loop and doesn't have as close a relationship, it's not quite as effective. Mm-hmm. I was also curious if they were going to wipe his memory at the end because i wasn't sure if this was how lana found out because we already had established that she knows he had she knows yeah clark is superman i think when because when they touch on that in her episode she just says like well obviously it was you yeah like you move out to um but she did she know about the powers though i mean she knew she knew he was superman yeah but so i assume she knew about the powers i guess she must have known about the powers yeah I mean, it makes sense that they had to wipe his his memory yeah. at the end there. Mm-hmm. So okay. they let him keep the glasses. That yeah, was a nice I, little nod. I was going to say, so here's a question for you. Because like, it's, it's been such a long time. I don't remember Last Son of Krypton that well. Um, so do you think that this was always how he got his glasses? Or is that just like the slight little tweak to history was like he got them earlier because of this? I, I, I'm go with B. Yeah, the, um, the Back to the Future version, the mm-hmm. branching theory. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the, it, they just gave it to him a little earlier. Um, yeah, th- that makes sense. I did love... Uh, he wouldn't know these, but there's some really... <laughs> great way to, great, great way to start. Rub it in, Chris. What do, you, what do you think I'm ready to talk about? I don't know, some stupid comic. <laughs> no, I was going to talk about Superman the movie. I was like, oh. <laughs> there's some good references. I caught myself immediately like, well, Cameron's not going to know these, but it's fine. I can explain them to you yes. as well. But I did love it because um, one of the cool things is that this episode wears its influences like right on its sleeve so you know in the richard donna superman movie we do spend time in smallville when he's you know younger 
And in that version, Jonathan has a heart attack and dies. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what part of what motivates Clark to end up becoming Superman. So, but when Clark bursts into the room and Jonathan's like, Oh God, you know, he gave me a heart attack. It's a reference to that. And then the one you may have caught though, is later when Brainiac finally has Clark and looks like he's going to kill him. He's like, finally like the, the son of Jarrell will kneel before me Mm -hmm. reference to Zod and Superman two. Yes. Who just always go around telling people to kneel before him. Kneel before Zod. Yeah. Yeah, Because I feel like that's like one of those. Oh, that was, that was one thing I wanted to bring up. The like kneel before Zod is one of those like nerd quotes that everyone knows. Everyone knows it. Yeah, uh, I think they even said it in Fanboys, which is I'm pretty sure they did. Yeah, which is an actual fanboy they do. movie. Yeah, because it's when they're playing Mario Kart. Oh, that's he, like, right. He, like he like throws the green shell and he's like kneel before Zod. Uh, now, have you heard the term throwing the S? I know what that means. I've yeah. never heard someone say it like that, but I, I know the yeah. reference. Yeah, I mean, it, it's in the same thing as nuking the fridge, jumping the shark. Mm-hmm. But it's in the the Richard Lester, so the theatrical cut of Superman too. Like Superman just randomly like pulls off his S and throws it into this massive cellophane wrap. Yeah, that I goes around that. non, and then it just like disappears and I've shakes seen off. That scene. And you're just like, what, what was the goddamn point of that? <laughs> Which is funny because I do remember uh, the toy series for this show. One of the Superman figures had a like a Superman S net launching cannon. Amazing. I might have even had that figure. Amazing. I think I did because it sounds kind of familiar. Oh, but yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Um, couple a couple good references too. Yeah, like as you mentioned earlier, um, Star Wars reference. Yeah, calls him, uh, yeah, calls him Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. Asked if he made a Ron turn at Tatooine. I'm definitely gonna start using that with people now. Yeah. <laughs> like is well, that we, a, is that a, is that a, is that a is that a uh, Star Wars reference? No, kind well, of. No, it's, it's a it's a Superman reference. Yeah, <laughs> I thought it was from Krypton. Well, yeah, but it's okay. it's like the turducken of nerd references. <laughs> it's a it's a Smallville reference baked inside of a Superman reference baked inside of a Star Wars reference. Yes, or some other iteration that I didn't quite get right. No, we're fine. Um, another little little detail I love because it is set in the '80s when uh, Clark and Lana need a little private moment. Martha's like, "Oh, come on, Jonathan. I think the Duke's mm-hmm. a hazard are on." Yeah. Now, do you get? So this is a, a sort of retroactive reference. It's a coincidental reference. We got the references there. Um, I know of Dukes of Hazard. Okay, so Lana wasn't wearing Daisy Dukes. No, in in the show Smallville, <laughs> yes. Jonathan was played by Jonathan Snyder, um, who was one of the okay. Dukes of Hazard way back in the day. So again, the one that Johnny Knoxville played, or the one that the other one played? He was the Sean William Scott. Got it. Yeah, he was he was Bo. Got it. Bo and Luke. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, obviously, when they made that reference, they just picked a show from the 80s because this was pre-Smallville. Mm-hmm. What was Smallville? 2001? I want to say 99. Okay. Okay, but still prior to this. Yeah. Or this was prior to that. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what did you think of the the members of the Legion of Superheroes? Poorly named. Yeah, they're kind of silly. <laughs> but I mean, they were all named in like the 50s. Yeah. Uh, they were cool. Uh, I... I Wish we got to see more. I mean, we will see more later Yeah. in, in JLU. Did you happen to catch who the voices were? I, I wish I had. So uh, two of them are, are going to be less exciting for you. Jason Priestley. Oh, no, 2001, you were right. 2001, 2011. Okay, yeah. So Jason Priestley was the voice of Chameleon Boy, and then Chad Lowe, I believe brother of Rob Lowe, okay. was uh, Cousin Boy. But Saturn Girl... Melissa Joan Hart. <gasps> really? Yeah. Sabrina I d- herself. I didn't catch. I did not no, catch. No, I couldn't. I didn't hear it. Yeah. I guess I'm not used to hearing her voice, though. 
because it's been a while. Yeah, like after I realized who it was, listening, like thinking back, I'm like, okay, that makes sense. It did sound like her, but I just didn't, I didn't peg it at the time. Okay, but I love her. Me too. I know she's Clarissa. She does explain it all. She does. Yeah. Did you ever watch that? Yeah, I watched uh, when they brought back Teen Nick oh, okay. on cable. I was gonna say Clarissa like, explains it all is one of the I was starting shows. Just old enough to see that. I feel like you would have. Mm-hmm. It, it was it was gone by the time I was into Nick. Yeah. Because that when I started my my Nick the reign of Nick, um, that was when it was Keenan and Kel, all that Amanda show. Okay. Oh man, great shows. Amazing shows. Um, Love orange soda. Who loves orange soda? Kel loves, loves orange, orange soda. soda. I do. I do. I do. <laughs> I do have my. Uh, my good burger like hat. You have a good burger hat? Yeah. How did I not know this? You haven't seen it? No. I'll pull it up out I'll pull it out after the show. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Need to do it now. <laughs> um but yeah, so I did think it was interesting that the whole episode was based off that original appearance. So that was like um Adventure Comics number two forty seven in April of nineteen fifty eight. And it's like the exact same plot except it's Lightning Lad rather than Chameleon Boy. Okay. But in that one, like they came back in time to like test Superboy to see if he was as good as everyone thought he was. And then mm-hmm. as soon as he was like, oh, we like you. You're cool. Here's a Legion ring and you're awesome and you yeah. can stay. Um, but like they were so popular in that comic that then they started getting their own series. And I, I like I read through the Wikipedia entry and like some of the other story arcs. None of them were that interesting. I think this is kind of their most famous one. Okay. Like popping back in time. Yeah, I love it. I love seeing them. I lo- it's always... I think we've noticed the trend of the past few weeks is the best Superman stories are the ones not about Superman. Yeah. No, this is absolutely, uh, it's, it's, it's sad, but it's true. It, it, I mean, it is kind of true. Like we were talking about, that's why this season is pretty solid. Cause it does spend a lot of time with, with other heroes. Other people, we get yeah. multiple Batman crossovers. We get Aquaman, we get green lantern. Um, I know coming up pretty soon actually. Sinestro. Yeah. But no, I, I was talking with, um, with Paul Hill, like the artist, okay, that we, yeah, 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 that we um, he does awesome work on Instagram, but uh, yeah, we were talking about like that this version of Superman is kind of only good because he gets to play with other heroes <laughs> instead. He gets to make everyone else better. Yeah, you get to see how dimensional other people are by putting them next we're to putting next to Superman. <laughs> <laughs> but so I I was trying to research a little bit on the three Legion superhero people we get just to see if they had anything interesting. The broad answer is no, but reading about like some of Saturn girls like history reminds me of just how soap opera-y comic books can get. Oh yeah. It's kind of the same thing, right? Like they go on for so long. You keep having to come with more and more like ridiculous Mm storylines. There's like a whole storyline where she had like this like uh, on again, off again thing with lightning lad. Like he is in love with her and she doesn't realize it. But then she hears a prophecy that someone in the Legion has to die. So she orchestrates it such that she becomes elected leader of the league and then tells everyone that they can't interfere. So she's the one that dies. But Lightning Lad jumps in and sacrifices himself instead. So then she realizes that she does love him and she goes like the ends of the earth or the galaxy or whatever to find ways to bring him back. And she can do it, but only by sacrificing someone else's life. So she once again tries to sacrifice herself to bring back Lightning Lad. But then like Chameleon Boy's dog jumps in front of it and like, so then he comes back. Bum, bum, they, bum. they get together, but then they realize that if they get married, they have to retire because married members of the League or the Legion of Superheroes must be retired. So they get married. That's dumb. They retired. They have kids, but one of them, they have 
twins unknowingly, and one of the babies is kidnapped by Darkseid and sent in the past to become a supervillain. And I'm like, what the fuck is that going is, on? I would have. I don't know how you read through that. I would have been lost immediately. I don't know how I remembered it. But it was just like, my God, these get so, so fucking convoluted. It's great. Uh, but it's... Uh, the good old days of old. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, also fun fact, Chameleon Boy has this kind of powers because the people on his planet uh, learn to adapt because their entire planet is covered in thermonuclear waste. Great. Yeah. Good. <laughs> good for him. I'm really glad that in 900 years we still are dealing with that kind of problem. Yeah. Oh, uh, shit. It's another planet. It's, it's not, it's, it's it's not, not our problem it's not anymore. Problem. Yeah, exactly. Superman made our, our planet a utopia, yeah. an, an intergalactic utopia. That's absolutely true. That is a problem for the next generation. <laughs> That's right. We'll be long dead. <laughs> Why are we even worrying about it? No. <laughs> no. I can still make money off of this. I know. I got some thermonuclear waste just laying around my apartment. I'm just yeah. going to go dump it out in the street. Yeah. Really, yeah. I just threw it out of the window like before you came over oh, here. Oh, that's really smart. That's why it's so nice in here. Yeah. Oh, that's what's missing. Oh, nice. <laughs> that nice glow. Yeah. Oh shit! All right. Well, shall we uh, Jump slowly to ultimate. drag ourselves along to the ultimate thrill? Ultimate here? thrill. Yeah. This is a great episode. This, I. This was. This is definitely on my short list. Very high up on my short list mm-hmm. because it's. There has to be another villain that was a stunt person because I feel like this is a, a plot that I've heard before. So I I couldn't think. Um, maybe like a Spider-Man villain. Maybe. Wait, Mysterio, what's his thing? He's not a stunt man. No, he's, he's, a, a, he's a special effects artist. Special effects artist, because it's kind of closely similar. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't think of one. I mean, what what this whole episode really reminded me of, but I couldn't find anyone mention this specifically as a reference. But this whole time, I was thinking Rocketeer. Okay. You've seen the Rocketeer, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have the Rocketeer. No, I don't. I have... Ultimate... No, um... Great Starfighter. What's that one? The last Starfighter? That one. That's not even, not even I know. close. I, it's still Disney. It's still Drastic. Okay, yeah, yeah. It's it came out different. a year afterwards. That's the one that I own. I've seen Rocketeer, but I own Yeah, okay. Because, I mean, Starfighter. just, like, you know, it's grounded in, like, an old stool, like, old style version of the, the movie industry. Even the um, the plane that the Rocketeer flies, I think it's the BG, if I recall. Um, that's the same plane that Roxy, like, throws the Penguin's henchman to in the end. Huh. Exact same plane, and she, like she's kind of got like that bomber jacket look, mm-hmm. like flying on the rocket. I don't know. For me, that was like a big touchstone reference. But even just like the tone, kind of seemed like it came from there a little it bit. It was too. It was just such a good episode. So she is a former stunt actress. Yeah. Um, who is chasing the thrill to such an extreme? Oh, this is the plot of Point Break. That's. <laughs> oh my God! How. <laughs> How did we That's miss that? That's what I was thinking of. <laughs> this is the plot of Point Break. <laughs> Screw the Rocketeer. There's a better movie that's, that's connect to, connected to. Um, so she was a former stuntwoman chasing the thrill. Uh, and so she would keep making her stunts more extreme to the point where insurance companies wouldn't insure her to do any of these stunts. So she lost. She kind of like, got kicked out of the job. Yeah. Uh, so she turned to a life of crime to continue the thrill. Yep. Um, and as Batgirl so sexually put, once she got a taste of you, there is no better thrill. So Bruce Tim has said that this is their most blatantly risque episode. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because she ha- she basically has an orgasm at the end of the episode. Yeah. She orgasms 
almost to death. Yeah, on top of the rocket. <laughs> yeah, with Batman just sitting in front of her. No, I mean it. It is like full on really risque. Oh yeah, it's fun. I just really like her as a character. It's it's risque in such a different sense of Batman because yeah. we have the villains that use their body as kind of the risque sexual thing, um, but with her, it's more of just like. She's just there because she just wants to be with... She just wants to play with Batman. She's just a shameless flirt. Yeah. All the way through. And a fearless one, too. And that's part of what makes her so fun. Mm -hmm. Like, she... she it's, I wouldn't even say that she has a death wish, per se. Oh, that's definitely where it goes to at the end. Yeah. It's more just she's fearless mm -hmm. in every sense. Which is interesting, because I kept making parallels to... Um, the the last scarecrow episode where they took away fear. Oh right, yeah. And she is very much in that like very excuse me, very self-centered. Mm -hmm. Um like like she just wants to feel something. Yeah. And that's why she does these things. But you know, I, I what I did find amazing about it though is that the episode structurally is kind of repetitive. Like there's three scenes of like her getting chased on a rocket, mm -hmm. but each one did feel a little bit distinctly different. Oh, it, it almost felt like three completely different animation studios. The second one where they're flying through the tunnels yeah. was so well animated. It was, it, it blew me away how well that was done. Yeah. Cause I, I, I even love how the, Going back to the first one real quick, like the first one opens where she's robbing a whole bunch of rich people on a blimp, mm -hmm. just like some sort of like a blimp dinner cruise. Yeah, I, I think for me that that felt very BTOS. Yes, because blimps are very BTOS. Yeah, well, even having like that old fashioned, um, like the the police helicopter too. Mm -hmm. I don't know if we really see a lot of those in the new Batman Adventures. Not like really. That, that design pretty much was only seen in BTOS. Mm -hmm. That whole sequence felt like it was pulled from one of those old episodes. And it was just, it was just fun. It just, I love that scene of her like just jumping out of the blimp and just falling and falling and falling. Yeah, and the police are like, we can't do anything. Can't do shit until she like hops onto the rocket, and then the Batman goes after her in the Batwing. Mm -hmm. it, and just that she's so excited to have him there. Yeah, oh, it makes it just, oh. it's so good because it's like she almost turns Joker esque, where bit, like yeah. she's just doing this to rile up Batman. Mm -hmm. Because on, from her perspective, she isn't just excited for him chasing her. She sees him excited to chase her. Yeah. So, like, she sees both sides as, like, a, a win for her. It's and like, it, I'm giving him a good time. Oh, yeah. Well, and, and what I thought was interesting, too, is that she, through, I'd say, the first two-thirds is more or less the protagonist. Like, it's mostly done from her perspective. Oh, yeah. In a lot of ways. And they... they they do a nice job of framing her as being a, a semi-sympathetic villain. Like we get where she's coming from. Um, I mean, she's being reckless just for her own sake, but yeah, she's like robbing people, but she's not really like causing a lot of danger or destruction yeah. or damage. Well, yeah. That was, that was the, um, I was going to make another point break connection. Oh, please <laughs> make all the point break connections you can. Uh, she, yeah, she, she only, robs to continue the thrill yeah no she never threatens a because it's even the part where at the very beginning where the the rich the rich woman like is struggling to get the ring off she's like i can't get it off it's like oh i don't care I'll, yeah. i'm gonna go take something from over here yeah uh, it's like uh like she's not in it for 
any she's like the money is just kind of a side effect of her wanting to jump out of a blimp yeah i mean she still she still needs it yeah which is then great because we get to bring in the penguin as a fence Mm -hmm. and again i'll keep talking about how much i love the new iteration of the penguin but the role he gets to play now is this kind of constant background presence yeah um and he like gets a lot to do before he's the bridge between the overworld and underworld yeah yeah and and he um he, you know, he's even trying to toe that line. Like he gets worried that Roxy's gonna like get him in trouble with Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say this: the 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 one negative I have about this episode is there were like too too many bird puns. There were a lot by, of bird puns. <laughs> by the time we got to the last, like the chickens, the the yeah. three hench women of Penguin, I'm just like I'm I'm done. I need these to stop. <laughs> I I did love that they introduce that the, the waitresses at the iceberg lounge are his, his henchwomen mm-hmm. too. Did you see, uh, one of the models is copied after another famous DCAU character? No. Cause I screamed when I saw this and I even took a picture just, just to show you. Um, who is that? Oh, oh yeah. For Black our, Canary. Yes. On the right. Yeah. And so Black Canary makes a small cameo in this as a prostitute. I assumed she was a waitress. Oh, okay. Well, because so bat, when Batgirl is figuring out, that probably makes more sense. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Batgirl <laughs> makes the connection between Roxy Rocket and Yeah, because Roxy was seen visiting the club like late at night. Mm-hmm. And she, like, it, Batman asks, like, oh, is your intel good? And she's like, well, I don't know what your definition of good is. And they cut over. And yeah, obviously that's Black Canary, but mm-hmm. my thought was that they were... Prostitutes. I'm sorry. I, I mean, just... Black Canary isn't a very risque outfit. Yeah. I mean, you know what? The hooker of the heart of gold trope was very, very popular back in the 90s. It was. Yeah. So. I hadn't heard it that way. I like it that way. Well, you've never heard that? No. Hooker with the heart of gold? Yeah. I uh-huh. mean, that's just pretty woman in a nutshell. Yeah. Which I actually haven't seen. That's fine. Neither have I. Oh, God. What terrible people we are. Um, I mean, but... you're the gay one. I feel like it's... <laughs> that's true. I... <laughs> what, what is, why does that mean I have to have seen... <laughs> I don't Pretty know. Woman. <laughs> I feel like, don't you have to see all of uh, What's Her Face's movies? Julia Roberts? Yeah. I'm not even that big of a fan of Julia Roberts. Like, she's lovely, <laughs> but I'm like, I'm not, I don't know. I don't know how the stereotype works anymore. I don't We're know. breaking boundaries. I don't know. I can't make I, these I, general I, assumptions I, anymore. I don't know. I don't understand the stereotype works either. I, I am constantly calling myself uh, the worst gay. And actually, so I, I plugged it last week, but if you go listen to uh, the Brothers on Broadway, Jonathan's podcast, where I'm on there, I just get get so much shit. <laughs> I, I don't know who Patty Lapone is and I just get made fun of the entire time for that. So that's okay. You probably don't know who Patty Lapone is. I have no idea. Gay, so it's fine. You shouldn't know yeah. that. Um, yeah. So it, what the fuck are we talking about? <laughs> oh, okay. The penguin. What I, one of the things I love about this too, is we get to go to the penguins apartment, mm-hmm. which has penguins everywhere. Of course. But I also love that he's really concerned about trying to keep a low pile profile with Batman. And then when Batman breaks into his apartment, so I love that he's slowly creeping over towards the umbrella stand. And mm-hmm. what, I mean, did you assume, what did you think? I assumed was, he was going to pull an umbrella out. I assumed it would trigger But it's too. so much better. But no, he steps on it like it's a, like a, a pop lid garbage can and out launches a Tommy gun. He just amazing. unloads. It was, I was so amazing. I was not expecting that super fun moment, uh, especially because then Batman grabs him, like throws him out the window and does like the classic interrogation, mm-hmm. holding him over the city. That's a that's a great, that was, this great whole episode scene. Is so good. Oh my god! I just the, uh, the Roxy Rocket riding the seal out of, yes. out of the iceberg lounge. Real quickly so though, good. since when do seals attack humans? 
Uh, when they're trained by Penguin. Fair enough. You answered my question for me. Um, yeah, it, I, I did love it. Even that scene, too, remind me of, like, the Rocketeer, like, when he breaks out of the, the club, like, when the mm-hmm. Nazis are chasing him and he, like, flies on the jetpack out the ceiling. It, it's done a little bit differently here. But the whole this whole episode felt very, like, swashbuckling, sort of. And not, like, in a pirate sense, but that, like, early film era. Mm-hmm. Like, even all the stunts they show her doing, like, she's, like, getting into a fist fight on the edge of a biplane. Like, you can see where they went and pulled references from those, like, classic Hollywood stunt-era films. Yeah. And they put her in those. Or, like, that great scene where she, like, jumps off the plane and falls and lands on top of a hot air balloon. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's a moment that they, they loop back to, which is so great, because it's just good storytelling, mm-hmm. when, uh, when she first sees Penguin... She plays double or nothing. Uh, high, oh, high, yeah. Uh, she, yeah. She plays high card, and Penguin's like, uh, this is unnecessary risk, uh, which then whoops back at the end when she plays uh, basically Russian roulette on a rocket. Chicken. With, well, she plays chicken twice, I guess. Yeah, I guess it is chicken. Yeah, so she, she plays chicken with Batman in the tunnel when they're in the Batwing, when mm-hmm. he's in the Batwing. Um, they don't really play chicken when he's on the jetpack. No, the, the the third chase. But the third when chase, when yeah. When he when he hops on his own, they're at the airfield. He hops on his own rocket mm-hmm. and goes after her. Um, yeah, that's that's a great moment when mm-hmm. he's just sitting on top of it, and you don't yeah. you don't play chicken with Batman. Yeah, well, basically, so to set the scene up, uh, Batman is sitting on Roxy's rocket with her. Uh, she locks the uh, the handlebar, so the rocket will only go straight. And basically tells Batman, you can either jump off or you can explode with me. Yeah. Um, and she, you, you kind of see her lose her cool because she's, she's not in control anymore. Cause mm-hmm. like, like you said, you can't outfear Batman. No. You, uh, just, you don't play chicken with Batman. Yeah. You will inevitably lose. Uh, and oh, it's so good. And then the rocket explodes and Batman like grabs her and she like is ready to die again. Like that was the end game for her is like, yeah, the best stunt is the one that takes you out. Well, and that was kind of the fun way that scene played out. It's cause he's maintaining static all the way through. And so like, she's like, okay, you're going to give, you're going to give, give. And she does have a moment of panic and she tries, she tries to grab the steering wheel and he stops her. Mm-hmm. Like if we're playing this game, we're playing it to the end. Yeah. And then in that moment she gets back into it Yeah, again. And so eventually, yeah, Batman, grabs her and leaps off. But even as they're falling, she thinks they're falling to their death. To yeah. their death until he pulls the parachute. Yeah, and then she's like, what are you doing? This is... She, she's so disappointed. She's so upset. Yeah, but like again, talking about like risque, like that whole scene plays out like very risque because mm-hmm. she like takes off her jacket. So she like, not like strips down her underwear, but she like strips down just her tank top. And then they're just literally riding this rocket and just like staring at each other, waiting to see who yields. And she's getting more and more into it. And it's, yeah. what's funny is it's risque and it's sexualized, but it is still a very kind of benign, playful way. Mm-hmm. Like it never feels like gratuitous or exploitative, no. which I think is, I it, felt, I honestly felt a more like scandalous episode around, um, the fire girl, whose name I already forgot. Oh, um, Oh God. Torch song, the firefly episode, Cassidy. Uh, oh, Volcana. No, Volcana. Superman. Okay. That's yeah. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think I think there is a valid criticism to the broader DCAU prior to I'd say really Justice League that it is heavy on the male gaze and it is a little bit sexist. Oh yeah. And this episode to me felt like it was able to break through that a little bit by making her just a really strong 
mm-hmm. very determined character. character. Yeah, yeah. Really awesome. And that was um, Bruce Tim Paltini's original intent. So this was her first appearance in the show, and she was, cre- but she was created for the DCAU in the comics originally. Okay, in like Batman Adventures Annual Number One or something like that was her first appearance. Mm-hmm. And there's some random thing about where she, I think she had maybe just started going to crime, and then but she's framed for a crime by Catwoman. Okay, some weird thing. I don't know. I haven't read it yet, but. Um, no, but I, I feel like she is co- almost kind of the answer to some of the DCAU's problems with its own female characters. Mm-hmm. I, I think she's one of the best. Oh, absolutely. It's better than Lois. <laughs> I think they're all pretty much better, no, no, better than Lois. better than Lois. When Lana has been in, <laughs> been in the show for 15 minutes. That's true. And she, it's already she, better she's than She's better Lois. than Lois, yeah. Um, no, I, this is, you know, I hadn't seen this one in a long time, but I was excited to get back to it because I remember liking her, but I didn't remember just how good this was. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were two other small things I wanted to point out. Yeah. Um, she has a, uh, a flare gun that shoots a bat shaved firecracker. It's oh, amazing. It's, it's fantastic. Uh, and then she has like kind of a fourth wall, a breaking the fourth wall moment oh, when that? they start the final chase, which could also be seen as her just doing movie talk because yeah. she, that's kind of part of her, her character throughout the whole thing is when they're, when Batman first jumps on his rocket. Mm-hmm. And is chasing her. She says, um, "This is the third act climax. You're not supposed to, like, and I don't see you making it to the end." Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, um, yeah that is a little fourth wall breaky. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, yeah, it was so good. And I, I kept trying to figure out what like art style that that tiny painting was. Oh yeah, that random little painting that Bruce buys. Yeah, it's so bizarre. It it looks cubist. <laughs> yeah, because that's what I care about. But I also realized it was just like, it was literally just a sketch of three lines. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, this looks fancy. Yeah. So, so, so very fancy. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a question for you. Mm-hmm. Do you think this character would work in any iteration outside of the DCAU? I, uh, uh Brave and the Bold. Because <laughs> okay. Every, oh, yeah. Because everyone works Everything flies bold. at the Brave and the Bold. Um, I would love to, see, I mean... Honestly, I could see her in a Flash episode. Oh, okay. Um, that would be a lot of fun, actually. Because that seems like someone that the Flash would have trouble with. Yeah. Someone that just, like, is so carefree. Mm-hmm. Well, and to be so, like, shamelessly flirtatious, too. That would mm-hmm. be some good time. It's very CW. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's she's very much built up for CW. Yeah. Be um, an expensive episode. It would. That, that was where my, my you, brain first went was budget-wise. So, who could make that? So what, what I love is that with the, the Arrowverse, they actually put the money in to try and make things comic accurate. Mm-hmm. Whereas what I loved about Smallville, like even in reference to the Legion Superhero episode, it, they don't have them in their normal costumes. They have them in like the Smallville version of the costume, which is just like leather jackets. Mm-hmm. Like you can imagine if they did Roxy Rocket in Smallville, she would like be running around on a motorcycle. Those would have like the rocket. Oh, or something yeah. like that. Whereas I feel like in the Flash, they would get her on an actual rocket, even mm-hmm. if it only was really for like a couple scenes and for whatever the climax, they like yeah. took it out to do something different. Mm-hmm. But that's actually that would be really fun. Yeah. Uh, if they were to put her in a movie, who would you want to see play her? Oh, oh my God, who's who, uh, who's an attractive brunette? A lot of people. Is, oh, I guess for some reason I thought she was a redhead. I guess she has a brunette, huh? It's it's kind of like a burnt Auburn. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and this is why it took people a while to figure out which one of us is the game exactly. one. Well, you're the artist. This is why you would know these things. <laughs> Christ. 
Um, <laughs> see, who's a sass? Who's like a super sassy brunette right now? I I mean, I was thinking Emma Stone. Yeah, Emma Stone would be great. I feel like, I feel like, like she's not sassy like, enough. I feel like Easy A era Emma Stone. I was gonna go so like um, she'd need a little more energy, but like an Aubrey Plaza. Oh, Aubrey Plaza would be kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like. In that same realm, Anna Kend- not Anna, yeah, Anna Kendrick. Anna is, Kendrick could be great. She, I think she could do it. I think she just has to be like meaner. Yeah, because she's always sassy, but she's never like mean sassy. Yeah, so I was just like kid sassy. But let I me mean, let's be honest though. If she were to be in the movie, it would be in the current DCEU. So it should be like this, like super grungy, mm-hmm. gritty uh, version. Who who do we cast her for the DCEU? Judy Dench. <laughs> I went. I went to Emily Blunt. Yeah. Uh, no. Uh, what's her face from Mad Max? Charlize Theron. Yeah, that could be. Really That'd fun, be awesome. Actually. That'd be really fun. Her actually. I mean, also um, Mad Max. Zoe Kravitz. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you ever watch Big Little Lies? Uh, I watched the first two episodes. How did you not finish it? That show was amazing. Because it's about your hometown, and I don't care about you. What's well, oh, oh. <laughs> touche? <laughs> it's a damn good reason, right there. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if we talked outside the podcast and I explained more of what my no. hometown was like, you'd be interested. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking asshole. <laughs> Anyways, I think she would be good for it. Oh god, but I, I have to say though, I agree with you. I think one of the best. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I, I saw the post, the, the short list we did for Superman season two. Um, but I have to say, like, we try to tell you which episodes you can avoid. But I think this, like, Over the Edge and then these, this one in particular, mm-hmm. uh, The Ultimate Thrill, worth actually going and watching. Oh, absolutely. Take the 20 minutes, 25 minutes to go sit and watch them on Amazon Prime. Because mm-hmm. this is, it's a, just a really fun episode. And it's interesting that the the pairing of these two, so they we just did in reverse order. Yeah. So Roxy would have been immediately after this in Superman. Uh well no, so Roxy would have this episode would have come right before actually so when it aired, this was the first episode of quote unquote season two of mm-hmm. New Batman Adventures. Okay. Um, but production order, this comes right after Over the Edge. We just did them in No, I mean sorry, it comes right before. Over I'm the Edge. I'm thinking of the the last Superman episode we had. Oh, nighttime? Yes. It comes before that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because we meet Roxy in Superman. Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I was going to say that the the juxtaposition of this and Over the Edge is very interesting because like tonally drastically different, but Mm -hmm. also it goes to show what this universe does well, that it can do those really incredible emotional stories, but also do the really light, fun stuff as well. Yeah. Also, it's like Mixapixelated is one of our favorite episodes. That's Mm -hmm. a full-on... Like Looney Tunes cartoon. Oh, absolutely. And I think it, I think when they lean into a genre, I think that's when it gets its most interesting. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's even um, New Kids in Town. It's like leaning into sci-fi. Yeah. Well, I mean, we even bring that up in in superhero movies now. That's true. Where you don't make superhero the genre, you make it the overlay. Yeah. You make it the subject. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like Black Panther gets to be like a James Bond Shakespearean. Yeah. Drama. It's everything is so good. Everything about Panther, yeah. What are you doing with yourself? Yeah, Every, everything is better when it has some James Bond influence. Mm-hmm. And actually, uh, if you're done with notes, that segues perfectly into one of my bat plugs. 
Does it? It does actually. I, 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 I will I will wrap up my notes just so we can keep that segue. Yeah. Nah, that's it. No, okay, good. All right. Well, <laughs> so uh, one of mine, you may have, this is an older video and I just I came across it again and I, I forgot to look up who did it, but obviously it'll be in the notes. Um, but someone went and made a James Bond style title sequence for The Empire Strikes Back. Ooh. It's really cool. I mean, it's, it's all um, digital effects. So it's, there's no like live, they don't bring any of the, like, the, the movie footage into it. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the cool things about it is that the song they use is uh, Radiohead Spectre. So Radiohead made a song as a submission to mm-hmm. do the theme song for Spectre. And ultimately yes. they went with a terrible Sam Smith song instead. <gasps> Uh, but it's really, really good. Like it's a, it's a much, it's a much better song. Yeah. Um, but it's just, it's a great like song to accompany the cool visuals they come up with. So yeah, it's a Star Wars and James Bond mashup, which two of my favorite things right there. That sounds awesome. I know it's amazing. Uh, and the other one I have to plug is I started reading the Miss Marvel comic. I have that. You do. I, ha- I do. I've not read it. Yet. <laughs> what a surprise. Uh, it's probably sitting in your shelf right next to new frontier. Yep, it is. New down there. Oh, okay. <laughs> Keeping your table flat. <laughs> you lost one of the wheels, so it's a nice thick, thick book. So you just shove it out of there. No. Keep it sturdy. <laughs> but yeah, so because they um, uh, Comicsology had like a, a crazy deal on Amazon recently, so I got the first I want to say eight volumes for about fifteen bucks total. It was like two bucks per volume or nice. something like that. So I'm now in volume five. It is incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's very reminiscent of, I think, like early era Spider-Man, like that she's like a, a teenage girl. She's in school. She's trying to deal with her family and do as being a superhero and all this other stuff. But, you know, part of it, too, is that it is very authentically Muslim, at least from my understanding. But it like one of the, my favorite parts about it is reading it on Comixology. Um, it Unlike reading like the trade published novel, graphic novel, where it just it was a continuous thing, this one is loosely broken up by actual issues. And okay. so at the end of them, when there would be a letter section, they would include it. And so the cool thing is you get to see all these people writing in about how they finally have a hero that looks like them or representative of like their upbringing and their culture. Um, and how it it's one of those stories that obviously speaks to everybody, just it's universal in its themes and in its portrayal of this really incredible you know, girl. But there's people now who get to watch that and, re- or I guess, read that more accurately and be like, oh, that's me. That's and awesome. She, it's just, she's an amazing character and it's just really fun. The art is beautiful in it. It's it just got this fun, bright energy. And I'm always saying how I'm more of a DC guy, but it's, a, it's an amazing, amazing comic. So mm-hmm. I highly recommend you read it, Cameron. Did you ever read or listen to Artemis, the new Andy Weir book? No, I haven't yet. Okay. She, uh, the main character in that is also uh, very Muslim. Okay. Uh, in her, she doesn't act it, but like she, it's it's kind of that like fighting between being independent and following your yeah. parents' religion. Yeah. Um, yeah, it reminded me of that. Well, like <clears throat> what I like about it is that it, it does spend a lot of time with her and her family. And obviously that, that is a very particular family dynamic that we can all relate to having to deal with frustrations in our family. But when you see the, spe- like, the specifics of it reflecting your own upbringing, I mean, that's got to be absolutely incredible. It's the same reason I'm always harping on about why we need more gay shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> put more rainbows on it. Come on, guys. Yeah, just, just slap rainbows on things. That's all you really have to do. Yeah, it's not that hard. That's really easy, actually. <laughs> what do you got to plug? Um, I shared this everywhere, so I'm sure you saw it at least once. Um, but it, there's a, a song suggestion, and it's one of the greatest things I've heard in the past couple of years. And it was Weird Al. Oh. Finally 
make putting out his Hamilton polka remix. So oh okay, so it's it's not a whole album, but it's just a, it's it's a yeah, it's a compilation. It's like yeah, like his his polkas. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, so it's that's the whole amazing. soundtrack in a five-minute song. Okay, oh, and that's it's incredible! So good, and every video connected to it. So they have a video of Lin Manuel reacting to it live mm-hmm. on Jimmy Kimmel. Oh man, and it, they're so good. And then um, Jimmy Kimmel has them. Not Kimmel, sorry, Jimmy Fallon mm. has both of them on the next night. Oh, what? and they do like a big lip sync together. That's amazing, and it's so good. The song, like. I don't think I've been vocal about it on the podcast before, but I'm a huge Weird Al fan, as everyone should he, be. He is so unbelievably talented. Yeah, when people talk about artists that have like transcended generations or decades, people like the first people thought is like Madonna. Yeah, and that is very untrue. Like Weird Al, I mean, has that's been perf- still true about Madonna. Sure, fine. Yeah, <laughs> I mean everyone remembers her amazing single "Die Another Day" from the film "Die Another Day." Yeah. Where one of the lyrics is Sigmund Freud, analyze this. Yep. Beautiful lyricist, Madonna. Mm-hmm. She also has that song with Justin Timberlake. No, oh, that's true. Uh, four uh, Minutes. Yeah. I, like, I actually like that song. It's like Three Minutes doesn't sound right. It's Four, yeah, four Minutes. minutes. <laughs> also, I mean, also Beautiful Stranger from uh, Austin Powers by Me. Actually, a good song. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That one. Okay. Yeah. And she's in my favorite of the BMW hire films from the early 2000s with Clive Owen. <laughs> okay. Yeah. To throw her in the back of an E39 M5 and go spinning around the city. It's amazing. Go check it out. Amazing. Yeah. Anywho. But I was going to say, Weird Al started performing, I want to say, almost 10 years before Madonna. Because My Baloney came out in 1972. Holy shit. It came out that long ago. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. I was about ready to say, like, that doesn't sound right, but I didn't realize he was playing all the back. I guess it makes sense. Yeah. Because Yoda was his first big hit. Yeah. And that would that would have been a couple of years after that. Though I mean that would have been at least after nineteen eighty. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he's been not only performing, but he had his the first time he had an album in the top ten. I think it might have hit number one. Mm-hmm. Was his last album, Mandatory oh, Fun, Mandatory which came Fun. Out three yeah, years well, ago. He did an amazing marketing strategy with like the the re- release of videos mm-hmm. to go along with that. Yeah. Did you so the out al- my big album from him because it's just the I was the perfect age was Running with Scissors. I was gonna say it's either Poodle Hat or Running with Scissors. Running with Scissors, that's it's an amazing. So good. Yeah, it's so. It, I mean, Jerry Springer. Jerry Springer. What's um, your horse? That's your horoscope for today. Was that uh, no great grapefruit diet? Wasn't that that was a different no, one. No, that was Poodle Hat. That was Poodle Hat, but the, it did have um, the saga begins. Mm-hmm. Of course, the the American Pie parody from Star Wars one. Episode One. Yeah, I still know the lyrics too. Oh, the parody and not the actual American same. Pie song. Yeah. Like, if I try to start singing American Pie, eventually it just becomes Anakin guy. Yeah, <laughs> it's, I, it's the same thing with um, the one you're gonna probably be upset with me for um, is Ode to Superhero. Um, oh, right, as Piano Man. But yeah, it's about Spider Man. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, I, I only know the lyrics to the Spider Man. No, that's fine. Like, I, I mean, Piano Man is one of my all-time favorite songs. That is an incredible. Look, I mean. That's part of what makes Weird Al so great is that he comes from a place of love. Like he genuinely loves these songs and loves these other artists. Yeah, and that's just how he expresses expresses admiration. He's like, I love your work enough that I want to like play with it and do mm-hmm. something fun with it. And then, especially the story behind Saga Begins is one of my favorite. Wait, what's the story behind Saga Begins? Uh, so to make the song come out on time because it came out right around the movie. Yeah, he begged George Lucas to get a cut of this movie. So he could write an accurate song, and he ref- oh. Lucasfilm refused to give it to him. So the the song was written 
purely on fan rumors Holy and fan speculation. Shit. How amazing is that? I mean, that's because it, it it's perfect. Like it, yeah. it hits every beat. Holy mm-hmm. shit! I didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. And like it, what it like reminds me of is how intense like fans are intense now. Yeah. Um, but like back then, uh, there was even a thing when I was working at my last company. Uh, uh, we were trying to work on Star Wars. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's fine to talk about this at this point. <laughs> Probably. Um, you you got to text me real quick. <laughs> if not, I don't have a lot of. It's lo- fine. Time I don't like this, this company anymore. Uh, it's, it's my former company. Um, <laughs> the uh, Lucasfilm was worried about giving us any assets because we worked above a comic shop, and I think oh. they're still. Like, cause they're, they, I asked them cause they had a representative come over and I asked like, what's like, what's the connection? He's like, Oh, uh, we've had companies that forgot to shred stuff and people from the comics will dive through trash and try and find any bit of news, any bit of information oh about the movie. Oh my God. And I'm like, Oh yeah. Nerds do do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Especially in the nineties. They really did that. We're crazy desperate people. We did it on the internet. Yeah. It was only in its infancy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was internet 1.0 still. Oh Yeah. So, so the Netscape days, <sighs> dial-up days. Those were the days. <laughs> yeah, like, no, learning like learning that about Saga Begins makes that song so much better. Oh my god, it's that... already amazing, but it just like it adds such a level of joy on top of it. Cause, like that was a nerd's creation. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, Hamilton Polka is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna plug like a real plug. I think I might have plugged this before. I hope I didn't. Did I plug Silent, the book that I'm listening to? I don't think so. Okay. So I'm listening to like a real book. Wait, how can you listen to it if it's silent? It's the, shut up. <laughs> shut up. I'm not dealing with it. I'm not dealing with the same jokes that I had to deal with after watching um, that horrible movie. The Which, Liam Neeson um, Silence. Liam Neeson, oh, Andrew Garfield. Oh, yeah. Andy, the, the Martin um, Scorsese yeah. movie? Oh, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Three hours of my life and never getting back. Nope. Um, it's a book called Silent, The Power of Introverts in an Extroverted World. Oh. Um, and it's super fascinating. Um, and it just, like, it, it, uh, it kind of talks about how in America the way you move up in society is by being very extroverted, and that's kind of taught to you at a very young age. Yeah. Um, and how that's really harmful for half of the country is, is introverted. Mm-hmm and how they can't really thrive in that kind of environment. Oh, interesting. Uh, and it's really cool that the chapter I just listened to, which was super fascinating, was comparing Eastern and Western ideals of introvert and extrovert. Mm-hmm. So in Asia, it is much more um, accepted, I guess so. Their, their culture is much more revolved around introversion. Okay. And it's... Um, especially in the schooling system, you shut up and study mm-hmm. and that's all, that's it. Yeah. Um, they had like a couple interviews with, um, some like top honor high school students in a primarily, um, Asian school in America. Um, when they moved on to college, they were interviewing like, Oh, what is the big difference? And he's like, well, people will just stand up and just talk about nonsense and the teacher will praise them for it because they're being, you know, they're interacting with the, yeah. with the class. And she's like, if I tried to do that in my school, like I would have been reprimanded. No. Um, and it, it's a, such an interesting kind of clash of cultures that you, that I never really thought about. Yeah. Um, that is interesting. I mean, you're reading like a real book. Yeah. Like a real, real I mean, book. you're listening to like a real book. Yeah. 
and it's really fascinating. <laughs> and it like it makes me think of like how I treat how I like acted in school, mm-hmm. and like I've always seen myself as an introvert, but then I like look at what I did, and I'm yeah. like, I was a cheerleader. Yeah. <laughs> um, and like how I like was I always looked forward to giving presentations. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then like they were talking about how that's not really like an introvert extrovert thing. Like some people won't handle presentations as well. But when you're talking about something you're passionate about, it doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, does, you don't hold back. Like, yeah. do, I mean, do they, how do they define like introvert versus extrovert? Like we, we actually had a conversation about this recently. We're mm-hmm. like, we were kind of talking about how part of it is how do you derive energy? Right. Hey, how do you recharge? Yeah, how do you recharge? It's a much better way of um, saying it. Derive energy sounds very LA. <laughs> Let me go do you rub want, some crystals around my say, balls. Do you want to go get some crystals? Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it's definitely brought up in the beginning, the idea of, like, do you recharge by yourself or do you recharge in a group? Mm-hmm. Um, but really, the biggest takeaway that I'm getting from this book is, yeah, it's there's, like, a definitive world for each one, but yeah. the, the line is very blurry between yeah. them. Because, like, I, fe- I, I jump from side to side listening to the book. I'm, mm-hmm. like, I, I'm, like, 100% this and I'm 100% that, and sometimes I'm, like, 20% this and 30% that, and, like, it's... yeah. Uh, it, it's really interesting and it, it kind of makes me want to just like throw out the idea of one or the other. Cause I feel like I, well, yeah, cause like I mean, right down the middle. I, well, I think you are. I mean, cause I, I feel like you would probably be inclined to describe yourself as an introvert. Like, you know, you, you work from home and you mostly work in isolation, but then you look at what you're doing with like core memory co, right. Where like, that is a very extroverted, very social thing. Like that mm-hmm. all came out of you, like being part of a social group Yeah, and it's all predicated on you reaching out to people all the time. And like, just putting yourself out there. Mm-hmm. You know, we do something similar. I was going to say, we, we, we do, we do, do the, the smaller version yeah. of that here. <laughs> we do the smaller version of it. Yeah, but like, yeah, because like from my perspective, I see you as very extroverted in a lot of ways, but I can see why you would probably see yourself as introverted. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll read this book. It sounds really interesting. It was, it's really cool. I, I have like two chapters left. Okay. And I'm, I'm very excited to finish it up. Look at you. Yeah. Reading like a real thing. Reading a real book. <laughs> Fuck comics. Yeah. <laughs> I know I'm the one here reading a comic book. I mean, I, I also plugged Weird Al, so I had to balance that's true, it that's out. That's true. You know, it is nice and balanced. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you know, <laughs> a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of that. You know, call me, little call me. Uh, oh uh, my God. That's well, all I got. Nice. I mean, those are like really legit plugs. <laughs> yeah. So that's fantastic. Uh, okay. I think we've we've rambled on a lot. We, this, this has point. been a long one. But the nice thing is, we gave a lot of material for those people who skipped the whole middle part of the podcast. It's true. The, the core, you the guys core are part welcome. of it, really. We gave mm-hmm. you guys a lot to go. Um, but if you, uh, do want to reach out to us and also if you guys have like suggestions, like mm-hmm. I always like say, if you guys are, are reading something or listening to something you think we'd be interested in, please, by all means, let us know. Always love mm-hmm. to get suggestions. So and we can, I always say whatever we've gotten wrong, please correct us. Oh yeah. Can someone write in and tell us what the name of Mary Poppins street is? The banks is, I mean, I'll just Google it right now. You can just Google it right now. That's fine. Uh, but yeah, please write to us and tell us we did wrong, uh, what we got wrong. But we are at Tim Talk Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and a Gmail. Yes. Uh, I am personally at Lordifer on Twitter and more Instagram. But even then, I barely ever post anything. 17 Cherry Tree Lane. Cherry Tree Lane. Oh, that's right. There's a whole song about that. Yeah. How do we... God, <laughs> what? Yeah. Uh, we didn't stop recording. I was going to say, it's because it's late, but no. the quality <laughs> is on par as if we were doing this. Yeah. Any other time of day. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> but uh, Cameron, where can they find you and your beautiful face and the cool things you do? Uh, if you want to see my face, you can follow me at camdexter underscore adventures. If you want to see my art, which hopefully I'll be doing more of this month, you can follow me at 
Cameron.Dexter. And if you want to see my products, my shirts, and my also my face sometimes. Yeah. A fourth of my face. Yeah. My face, but a fourth of it. There we go. There we go. <laughs> uh, you can follow. Which, which quadrant is it? Is it your, your best quadrant? Uh, it's it's this. It's not really a quadrant. It's like from the eyebrow of my left eye down to my nose and then back to the cheek. Okay. So it's like this square here. Okay. That's 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 one of your best parts of your face. That's, that's why I chose it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I prefer the right side rather Do than the Do you know my left side is my photogenic side? Oh, well. <laughs> agree to disagree, I suppose. <laughs> Uh, if you want to see any of that stuff, you can follow at Core Memory Co. on Instagram. And yeah. yeah. I think we have a Facebook. We have a Facebook because I set that up. And I think we have a Twitter, but we don't use the Twitter. You do. Because I did. <laughs> I had to look all these things up because I knew you wouldn't give them to me when I was trying to figure out how to put them into the podcast. It's all on the website. You do have a Twitter, but there's like nothing on there. Yeah, it's fine. Um, but yeah, you do have Instagram and you do have Facebook. Yes. Uh, and we will be back uh, next week with obsession and mean seasons Ooh. so i think obsession is a toy man episode <gasps> yay i'm pretty sure it is um and then mean seasons is uh calendar girl oh so not calendar, calendar man girl. interesting yeah so i think it's an original character for the dcau cool derived from calendar man i didn't recall it pretty good but yeah so good stuff coming down the line. So, but uh, as always, uh, thank you for listening. Oh, also go and I, I don't think I've ever actually said this. I keep meaning to uh, like, give us a review on iTunes. Yeah. Apparently it helps. Apparently. I, I don't know how, I don't know how these things work. I don't know. But we'd figure it out. We'd appreciate it. I know some people have already, but uh, so thank you if you have, but also, mm-hmm. yeah, just give us a little shout. That'd be great. Yeah. Thanks guys. All right. That's it. Bye. Bye. You like podcasts with themes and purpose? Love them. Me neither. Oh. That's why we created the Potato Potato Podcast. You mean Potato Potato. Sure. Great. Then check out our show. Every week we have a special guest from the world of improv and entertainment. We promise we won't stay on topic. And with some help from the human bag of garbage intern Rich. We're best friends. Nope. Nope. And the voice of reason Sam. You're doing this ad wrong. We make a show that somehow makes sense. We've been told the show's like hanging out with your best friends, but let's be honest, your best friends are kind of jerks. Yeah. So check us out every Wednesday on the Nerdist School Network. The Nerdist School Network. For class and show information, visit nerdistschool.com.